Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing something particularly relevant for motorists at the moment, given the fuel crisis that we're seeing here in the UK. And that is a new app that is going to be making motorists' lives a lot easier. And to do that, we're joined by the co-founder of CarCloud, Jeff Turrell. Jeff, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thank you, Jonathan. Great to be here. So we're going to be discussing your app and your crowdfunding campaign. You're currently on Cedars at the moment. You've surpassed your initial target of 468,000. So congratulations on that. But there is still time for investors to be involved in that campaign. That's something that we're going to be discussing a little bit later on in the podcast. But before we do that, uh, Jeff, let's a look at CarCloud, what the app does and how it's making motorists' lives easier. Um, so to do that, would you have to give us a brief breakdown to CarCloud and what the app does? Sure. So um, the background here is that uh, myself and my co-founder, we've worked, we have between us over 50 years experience in the car industry on the manufacturer and also on the customer side. And um, our vision has really been to transform car ownership by making managing your car as easy as checking your bank balance. And the reason for that is, is that there's a huge amount of frustration, and I've certainly felt it coming from the industry, where, you know, as we moved in the 21st century and our lives have got more mobile and more customer-centered focused, i.e. that companies have to build their proposition around the customer rather than perhaps making the customer navigate an obstacle course to get to uh, buying uh, goods or service or engaging with them. So as that shift has gone on in the 21st century to become mobile enabled and more customer focused, by and large, the ownership options, the car management options for car owners um, have really remained rooted back in the 20th century. And we just knew that for um, what is the second highest monthly spend on average after accommodation in the UK, that the UK's 33 million drivers deserved better. Fantastic. So you're obviously on a journey there to improve the processes that motorists go through when looking looking after their car and accessing certain services. What, what does that look like, Jeff, in terms of what can you actually do on the app and, and how is it saving people time? So yeah, so so it's it's an app. Uh, it's available on on app, app, uh, Google Play and Apple the App Store. And it, very simply, if I sort of describe, uh, firstly, if you like, what the customer mission is, is very simply to save uh, drivers, car owners, time, money, hassle, and help them reduce their environmental impact. And way the way that works is, you download the app from the App Store, you tap in your registration. CarCloud goes back, gets your vehicle data, secures it on the cloud and makes it accessible in a way that means that really three things happen. From that day forward, you will never, ever miss another MOT date, uh, car tax date, insurance dates, your stay legal dates, which are so critical, you'll never miss uh, a prompt on that. The second thing is that you can then upload, uh, really easily upload all that car paperwork that is 
you know, lying around the house. It might be in a box file if you're super organized. It might be in a drawer if you're a bit more like me. And of course, there's always um, a sort of email trail where you're trying to perhaps find an insurance certificate or something you did roughly this time last year. So it puts all that information in one place so that you can then access it securely on the cloud at a tap of your mobile phone. And the third thing, and this is where the revenue model comes in, the third thing is that what Car Cloud does is whilst you come onto it as a, if you like, a life hack to, to basically take hassle and uh, challenges out, um, time wasted out of your life, once you're there, we as a business then have a lot of data about your car and a, and a good amount of data about you. And with your permission, we then take that forward and we pre-populate those uh, sometimes fiendishly, boringly long, complex annual forms that you have to fill in where you get the feeling of like, hold on, surely you know me. I've done this last year. So it basically pre-populates those forms. So as an example, you buy your insurance on the app. It takes you about two minutes to get your quote done. And then you've got quotes from 115 companies. And then it's not so much about buying it, but it's about being in a position to be ahead. It's about being in a position to say, right, because you've saved me so much time, I actually feel like I've got a degree of um, strength now and a bit of control because I can look at all these prices and just make a decision. Do I do I buy them or do I not? So that's really the, if you like, the core functionality of the app as it stands at, at this moment. So what does this look like? That, that's, of course, a, a great save, time-saving exercise there for motorists. But what does it look like in terms of what else is out there as alternatives there? I mean, the, the competitive landscape for such services at the moment, Jeff, in the market. Yeah, Jonathan, the, the competitive landscape is really interesting. It really fits. If you sort of did a Venn diagram of it, it's really three bubbles. You've got your traditional inverted commas, mostly web-enabled, single service providers so looking at a really successful example would be someone like confused.com they're in car insurance that's what they do best there's bits and pieces around it everyone knows them for car insurance um and and that would be the same with say uh close brothers or zuto finance specialist finance for for cars but they are single service providers and obviously car car cloud's point of difference is that we're saying actually rather than have an insurance app that once you bought the car insurance might be trying to sell you um, life insurance, bike insurance, home insurance, pet insurance. Actually, the category of spend in your life is really your car. And perhaps we'll come on to this later, what, what the car means to people post-pandemic. So that category is a car. So what we're really saying is, look, put your car stuff in one place. We'll organise your insurance, your finance, how you tax the car with the government, where you are with your clean air zones, your car parking, all of those factors in one place. So the first competition is, if, if you like, the, the single service providers who do a very good job of getting people to the lowest price on these site um, aggregator sites. What's less working well for a lot of customers, well, hold on, why do I have to have like, you know, three or four apps and, you know, a website to go to? And as I say, it, you know, emails buried in, in an email chain somewhere so it's putting it all in one place behind an, uh, an icon on your phone the second group is if you go onto the app store you'll find or even if you go online you'll find you know quite good what i call data driven tools like hpi which is a in effect a provenance check for your car you know the history um there's other apps that do a job around um providing you with reminders so you can go to those and you can get reminders but there's a couple of issues there. One is that the interface tends to be very data driven. It's almost like looking at a mini Excel sheet. 
And actually what the market expects now is, you know, to some extent, Uber, Just Eat, um, Airbnb. If you look at your taxis, your travel, your takeaways, there's a user interface that just takes really complex industry stuff and makes it really, really simple and intuitive to use. So where those really lose out is that they don't, they've not actually been thought through in the way that the modern consumer is thinking. And I think living proof of that is though there are plenty of apps out there that you can go and get your, uh, you know, your reminders from, for instance, 7.1 million people out of 35, 33 million drivers last year missed their MOT by an average of three weeks. So there's something about that that's not working. And separately, if you then go and there are plenty of, I say there are plenty of car apps, but if you actually say to anybody in your network, your family, your friends, right, tell me the car, tell me the app for, um, managing taxis on your phone and they'll come up with uber or lyft or whatever tell me about takeaways they'll come up with delivery or, or or um just eat but when you say right what's the what's the what's the app for managing your car on your phone that's just a huge gap people can't come up with anything that really makes makes any sense so that's the market opportunity for car cloud to be the go-to brand for managing your car life on your phone and in doing that taking out time cost hassle and reducing your environmental impact and i should mention sorry that's a long answer to, to two parts of a three-part question about competitors the last the last uh, group is the really interesting space which is this this car tech space so the emerging space of car techs so we've had fintech for years insure tech lend tech and now car tech and exemplified probably by kazoo and cinch spending a lot of money um really high profile and they're very much about car tech buying. And they've done a great job, even though they're not necessarily doing huge volumes, they've done a great job of getting people to question, why would I go to a dealer when I can organize the whole thing around me? And I can sit on my sofa and I can get my iPad and I can order a car. But once that box is driven up the road, that lovely branded box is driven up the road and you've got your two-year-old Golf on the drive, right now you're then back into three years of, right, it'll be like the old times then. I've got to go and see people and I can't manage my life uh, remotely when I want to, particularly post-pandemic. So what's really key here is that the car tech space is growing really, really fast. Uh, and that's the space in which we're playing. So there's a few points there that I want to to pick up on, Jeff. And some of those I think we'll we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later when we get really into the uh, the crowdfunding side of things and the business model, the revenue model and such like. But Let's keep it, you know, fairly broad now in terms of looking at the the broad the broader environment of, of owning a car at this point in time, and you know, g- given what's been happening in the last couple of weeks with the fuel crisis, it does um, bring uh, to the front of the mind what it means to be a motorist and the hassle that that is involved in that. So how? Is you know the, the car cloud playing into what's happening at the moment with the fuel, the fuel crisis? Yeah, that's a really interesting point around the anxiety that owning a car and you know relying on it really as your primary mode of personal transportation can bring for people. So the fuel crisis, whatever you think of the merits of how that's come about and the rest of what's been really interesting is that. We, all, we now, I think most people are aware that the current legislation is that you won't be able to sell a traditional diesel petrol engine car after um, once we get to 2030. So that what, what that means between now and then, only nine years away, means that people are really struggling now with the, right, it's not, it's not going to be if I have an electric vehicle, an EV, it's, it's when. 
but and there's a there's a there's a relatively small group of people who are so are comfortable enough off to think well I'll get one anyway and the major problem is where do I put the charger for it but actually that's not the majority of the market it's a really complex decision to make and what's happened with the fuel crisis is it's just made people think oh right never mind range anxiety what about fill anxiety what about if I can't get the fuel so it's it's accelerated that uncertainty about right. Well, when's the right time for me? Do I go EV next or do I go petrol hybrid? Do I get my do I chop my diesel in? And what Car Cloud's all about is being able to help people understand over the next three years, what does your cost profile look like? How is your car depreciating? What's it like to drive in and out of Birmingham's clean air zone in a hybrid versus an EV versus a diesel? It's pulling all these uncertainty factors together to help people make decisions which are you know pretty chunky decisions really about you know buy the wrong car and it can get very very costly it's already the second highest spend uh, in the household so that's the fuel crisis has just really brought home to people oh right we're into a period of real instability and this isn't going away because we're on a we're on a transition to to electric vehicles one, one way or another so i mean you mentioned there actually quite interesting about that the transition to to EVs and and that's something that's probably going to accelerate Given what's happened in the last uh, last few weeks, but how does how does Car Cloud actually play a part of that? You obviously mentioned there about uh, distance uh, anxiety. You know, people looking now for fuel. I mean, what what can actually Car Cloud do for a user of the app to to help them make that decision to say, right, now is the time to move into to an EV. Well. In terms of our, our research and our work with people, people, people are very clear about their cars. They say, look, they talk about time, cost, hassle, and environmental impact in that order. And we just have to be brutally clear and honest about not getting involved in any sort of car industry greenwashing. Uh, the truth is that post-pandemic, people are, even if they want to use their car less and have used their car a lot less in pandemic, actually what we're finding is people are saying, but I value the flexibility, the freedom, the safety that that socially distanced box gives me. As a result, my car is most definitely part of my future. But what I need to try and understand is if I'm deciding between my next petrol, petrol hybrid, or do I go EV, what do those costs look like over the next three years? What does what what does that look like in context of my use and i think a lot of people think well an ev you don't need car cloud maybe like you do a diesel well the truth is if it's got a registration plate on it it's going to attract um opportunities for salami slicing some some revenue being financed being taxed being insured perhaps collecting up fines going in in and out of of uh clean air zone so to answer your question the key thing here is it's a period of as you described transition and our job is at the high level to support car drivers, car owners, to be able to make informed decisions quickly, minimising the stress, the hassle and the consequences of, of making the wrong one when they choose their next car and then the services they choose to buy to run it. So that's something that I'm going to be very interested to hear a little bit later on about how that revenue model works and and how you're, as a business, um, going to generate revenue from that. But before we do that, there's a couple of points here about other elements of the of the business, Jeff. So uh, there's two here. So there's the the B two B compliance platform and your Pace Cloud. And uh, what does that look like? Because that's that's something outside of what we've discussed so far. Yeah. So if I deal with the second one first, so um, 
our company is PaceCloud Limited. So if you search on Companies House, it's PaceCloud Limited. And our first product is CarCloud. And myself and Paul, we come from the car industry, over 50 years experience between the two of us in it. But what's really interesting about the tech, which is a combination of a, a mobile interface and algorithms that are looking all the time to reduce, as I've said before, time, cost, stress, uh, and environmental impact, those could also apply to other sectors. So we start with PaceCloud as our um, whole, our business is, is the company, and CarCloud is our first product. Within CarCloud, we have uh, one revenue stream live insurance. We have the second finance coming in December. At the same time, we have something called Multicar, which is on, on the car cloud, you can put three cars in, but uh, some want to do more and they can pay for an app upgrade. And then the fourth of those streams is the B2B stream, which is really, really interesting. It's partly there because it's just such a huge market, but it's also there because it's a protection for the business. It's a, it's a moat around the business and it's a protection for our investors. And the reason for that is that now... Um, well, really, since 2019, nine out of 10 business journeys in the UK are carried out in the individual's own personal car, whether they lease it or they pay for it directly or they have it on a PCP. It's carried out in the individual's personal car. So the, the days of the company car are almost dead because of, you know, all the stuff we know about benefit and kind taxation, etc. So if you think about that, nine out of 10 business journeys are taking place in the employee's car, but most companies have absolutely no idea. Is that car taxed? Is it MOT'd? Um, is it insured? Is it insured for business purpose? And is the driver's license in good order? And it's a massive and growing compliance hole. Um, if you think 7.1 million people missed their MOT last year, then plenty of those who can be driving around on company business claiming their 45p a mile. But it's the company that's in dock. If they are out of insurance and they have a, an accident that impacts a third party, and the other thing I'd say about it is that, interestingly, hybrid working, flexible working, working from home is really starting to complicate the issue of, like, when when are you on work time if you pop out at lunchtime to go to a retail park to buy a printer cartridge or, or, or whatever. Fantastic. So it seems like there's lots of potential areas here which will be driving the future for the, the the parent company, which I believe is, is now uh, Pace Cloud. So this brings us very nicely Jeff, into a discussion around the, the crowdfunding and what you're going to be doing with the funds raised and where you're going to be driving growth from going forward. So you had a, a target of 468,000, which you've surpassed already. Just to start off, people would have just heard about what you're doing as a business. How are you going to be deploying funds throughout that ecosystem that you've just explained to generate revenue going forward? Sure. So, um, so the business is quite a really quite a straightforward funnel. We've got to uh, acquire users at the lowest possible cost and the right volume in the top of the funnel. We're then converting them in an app store, so either on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I.e., not we're not converting people on web. And then once they're on the platform as a life hack and they're getting their reminders and they're getting the valuations. We're then looking, because we have their vehicle data and their personal data, we're then looking to work them into a funnel that works for them where they feel informed and they can purchase the services they require to keep that car legal and run and run it. So what that means is for us, the first job is acquisition. So back 
pre-pandemic, we ran a really a test in Birmingham, so in the Birmingham region, with the uh, a really basic version, actually a beta version of, of Car Cloud, and we just wanted to understand what what does the demand look like. And it was really interesting. In two months, we generated 7,877 cars on the platform just in Birmingham. So that was really, really, that was even before we'd really started optimizing our digital marketing. Our cost of acquisition was £2.93 per account. And what that tells us is that because we're not competing at the point of sale, we're not competing at the point that somebody needs to buy something like buying the term cheap car insurance or, you know, Ford Focus car insurance, we're competing in a different space, which is to get someone on the platform as a life act. So first job is that we will roll 25% of the funds raised into our marketing to drive 100,000 users by the end of next year and a million users, so slightly less than 3% of the UK driver market by the end of 2026. That's, if you like, job number one. Supporting that is the investment in software development to drive those, uh, to drive the product development and the user interface, the app interface, to enable that the app, the app to be sticky and also to radically increase the number of revenue streams once those users are on board. And then in turn, the foundation for that is to have super solid uh, structure, infrastructure, tech infrastructure, meaning the absolute best of cybersecurity, the absolute best of uh, compliance to make sure that the car cloud business, the pace cloud business and the car cloud product are solid and not at risk of, uh, for instance, cyber attack. So where, where do you feel the most revenue is going to be generated from? This is something that, that investors will be pretty keen to know, Jeff, in terms of where you, you see yourself making money in the future. Where, where's the, the lion's share of your revenue going to be coming from in, in sort of 12 months and you know three years? Sure. So um, if we look at a sort of year out and beyond scenarios, we're launching... Um, as I mentioned, uh, compliance is launching in March. So once we say, say we were on a 12-month scenario from there, what would that look like? 45% of our revenue will come from the B2B compliance platform. So that's a SaaS subscription model where companies pay per car on their system that they're checking on an ongoing basis. Now, the first, so 55% is coming from the retail side. And broadly speaking... Five only five percent comes from the app grade. Uh, sorry, the upgrade of the uh, app, which is called Car Cloud Multicar, which is this four to ten, and I'll come back to that. Thirty percent comes from finance, uh, and twenty percent comes from insurance. So just to be clear about that model, everybody in the app requires insurance. One hundred percent of people on the app require insurance, whether they buy it from Car Cloud or elsewhere, and they require it annually. Um, but the revenue on insurance is a fixed commission, and it's um, it's in the it's in a it's in the twenty five pound range. On the on finance, the surprisingly, actually, a lot of people don't realise that ninety percent of cars in the UK are financed in one way, shape, or form, and uh, the average cycle is about twenty seven months. So, whilst the cycle is longer, the commission is higher uh, and it's variable based on the amount advanced and and the the uh, the customer's credit score in terms of what, what what they can borrow at what's really interesting in the car finance market is there's massive opportunity to disintermediate and take out costs because you know the frankly some of the charges people are getting charged for finance are 
just really unsustainable. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not healthy, to be honest. People should be able to buy in their finance at a lower cost, and that's that's what we provide because because we're a pure digital play. So to go back through that, forty five percent business, five percent multi car, and then thirty percent finance and twenty percent insurance. And the thing I'd say about multi car is, whilst that's a tiny amount, of course, what it's then doing, just thinking about the app revenue, but what it's doing if someone's bringing four, seven, eight cars on the platform. There's then a whole load of opportunity once they've bought finance and insurance from us to do that across that small fleet. So whilst it's not included in the multi-car revenue as such, it's adding to the revenue lines for insurance and finance in a very efficient way because we haven't had the additional cost of acquisition. The final thing to say about revenue is that uh, whilst the um, revenue for uh, for the compliance platform is 45% of total revenue, it's costs to deliver that to service that are also much higher so if you think about retail app it's very scalable the whole point is you can get repeat patterns and you can scale without driving up your fixed costs in the case of uh b2b that's true but you do have to still service businesses despite zoom and teams and all the rest of it there will still be individuals bodies required to service b2b so the cost side is also slightly higher uh, on 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 that. So if you look at GP level, it it, it irons out a bit across across retail and and B two B. That's interesting. Very interesting. And, and you brought up a point there about the you know the team that you're going to have to uh, employ to deliver on this on this strategy. So what I mean, what does it look like at the moment? Uh, this is something that of course investors will be interested to know about what your team looks like now and how that's going to grow in the future. Yeah, sure. So uh, I suppose in terms of the, the founders and the vision, uh, myself and Paul, Paul Jewell, co-founder, we are um, from very, we're both car industry, as I said, over thirty, over 50 years experience between us. Paul is very much on the customer side. So Paul has built up um, uh, two uh, businesses from scratch in the world of primarily, if you like, car dealership business, but with a big focus on, on, on lending and lending for circumstances, what, what would traditionally be called uh, near prime and subprime. Paul has a deep, deep understanding of customer psychology. And also, like me, what we share is a massive frustration that this just needs to be better. So that's Paul's background. So he's very much amongst a whole load of skills. He's, his understanding of that finance insurance market is, is really strong. My background is I was a manufacturer, so I did an engineering degree and I was sponsored through my engineering degree. And I basically was at Vauxhall, then Toyota, then Lexus in a mixture of sales, marketing, um, operational roles, ending up uh, for many years as marketing director at Porsche uh, GB and then CEO at Porsche GB around the time of the interesting battle between Volkswagen and Porsche for control of the company. So... I come from more of a manufacturer side. And then since then, I've been really very heavily involved in the tech aspects of car and marketing, digital marketing and car. Our chair, uh, Simon Featherston, has got a is a back, background steeped in uh, corporate banking. Um, and he comes very much and also is a chair of a number of companies. So brings that really strong sense of uh, critical friend, you know, mentor, uh, but also, you know, not not holding any prisoners when it comes to shaping the business. Our, our tech has been developed by our um, partners at Sketch Creative, who are also um, shareholders in the business. And the key thing here is that 
I think many of your uh, listeners will know that the securing development talent, software development talent is really, really tricky. I and mean, it was tricky before the pandemic and it's just gone crazy now. It's often said they're like premiership footballers. They're very, very hard to tie down because, of course, they're, they're, they're in massive demand. So we're very keen and we have done by having our partners be shareholders as well of securing that long-term talent. Where we want to develop is, as I said before, around what happens next is very much in the marketing space. So how do we get to be more efficient around social media marketing, referral, content marketing, basically all the forms of digital marketing, and at the same time support that with really strong uh, software development and engineering talent. Fantastic. Thank you. So uh, last couple of points now, Jeff, and they play in quite nicely to to, to what you, you've said, because it, it really sort of shows what your vision will be for the future. I mean, where, where do you see the business going? What's your exit plan and indeed any investors potential exit plan i mean is this something that that could be a trade sale you could you see a, a potential competitor coming in or somebody looking at getting into the market or is this something that you could see out to a, to an ipo what's your your vision of course all of these things are very much up in the air it's very early stage but you know just as an initial idea of where you'd like to see the business go that will be something that i'm sure uh, listeners would be quite interested to hear yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right about that That interesting um, potential. Uh, and the, one of the really good parts of the CEDARS process is a bit of a workout for your business as you go through the due diligence and prepare for, for, for launching on the platform. One thing that's really clear is they don't mess about in terms of your absolute clear, um, in, uh, to be absolutely clear with your investors what you are targeting, both in terms of return and exit. So, of course, your, your, your audience are sophisticated investors, so they understand all that goes with that. But our clarity is that we are, for this round, we are targeting 7 to 12 times return in 4 to 6 years. And as you said, an exit via trade sale. And the interesting thing about that trade sale is that, as I mentioned when I was talking about the Venn diagram of competitors, block one, go compare, compare the market, the AA, and so on competition block one and competition block three which is the emerging world of car tech the kazoo the cinch and a whole load of others they are both to some degree less so kazoo and cinch but they are to some degree both competitors and also prospective buyers fantastic fantastic so just to finish off now jeff this this is something that uh, people like to hear because it gives a, a clear path of where you'd like to go. Would you be able to give us a few key milestones over the next three to five years for investors to, to have in mind of where you see Car Cloud going? Sure. So, Jonathan, if I can split that into sort of within the plan and then, if you like, what's on top, because I think um, people are very aware that, you know, the, the key thing for investors particularly when you've got a massive market potential and so much opportunity is actually focus, focus, focus. So within the plan and what's presented on Cedars, and if your audience can go through and ha- have a look, they'll see that what's in the plan are the full rev- revenue streams we've discussed, insurance, finance, multi-car, and um, the, the initial B2B compliance platform. Now, our targets for those is that we have 100,000 users by the end of next year, so end of 2022, and a million retail users and 400,000 business drivers by the end of 2026. According to our projections, which, and I know you would say, you would say, well, you would say that, wouldn't you? But according to our projections, which 
we've been really prudent around our experience of what our costs have been so far to be really prudent about projecting out. But that projects to deliver deliver an over 8 million EBITDA in, in year five. Now, over and above those four, and that's what we've got to get done first. We've got to get that user growth right. We've got our conversion in, in the app stores absolutely spot on. And then we've got to get those revenue channels flowing through. But over and above that, the reason that it says Car Cloud Community is because we believe the future of disintermediation of this huge sector is to allow people to be able to organize and trade between themselves based on a trust-based platform on the community where they can move documentation around securely, possibly blockchain back, they can move assets securely. So people almost can become a dealer from their drive and move. So rather than going through all the pain of, you know, paying margin elsewhere, the trust within the community allows people to move um, product and be able to generate a better return for the decisions they're making. So you can see where it goes. It, it starts very much as a life hack platform. It moves through to revenue that supports people's lives and the decisions they make around their second highest cost. But where it potentially goes is the blossoming of this community that is also referring us to their mum, you know, their friend, their cousin, bit pal at work. And at the same time, being able to move with that community and start to to uh, trade in a way that disintermediates the the car sector, to be honest, and, and as a result, stops people feeling like they're being salami sliced around uh, margin across multiple, if like multiple takes across one vehicle o- o- over its life. Very, very interesting and uh, certainly looks like a bright future there. Um, Jeff, so th- thank you very much. And as you as you mentioned there, that anybody that wants to find out some more information in the notes to this podcast, you'll find a link through to the page on Cedars where you'll be able to to access all of those points that that Jeff very kindly outlined there. So do check that out in the notes to this podcast. And indeed, if you're a subscriber to UK Investor Magazine, we will be putting around some information in our newsletters uh, in the coming days and and weeks. So do keep uh, keep an eye out for that, Jeff. Thank you very much for for being on the podcast today. Jonathan, thank you very much for your time. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.